0: Welcome to Fearless Marketing for Life Coaches. I'm Simone Gray-Soul, and I'm here to teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without paying for ads, buying Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and I... Listen on to find out how. Hello, everybody. I have the immense pleasure today of bringing you my friend and colleague, Vicky Luis. And we are going to talk about how to market effectively as a human being with a lot of anxiety, which both of us identify as being, or like having been, or we find find ways to deal with it, (laughs) manage it well. Um, And and Vicky is a... um, is, is a colleague of mine in my, in my mastermind and she is a fixed figure coach and someone that I'm always like, constantly blown away by and I just like admire her so much and I think she, like we're gonna have such an amazing conversation. Vicky, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here as a podcast fan and
0: listener. I'm like, woo, this is my time. Let's go. Woo! Okay, so the important thing for my listeners to know is that Vicky also has an amazing podcast called "Fuck Anxiety and Get Shit Done." Is that what it's? Okay, it's my kind right. of podcast because it has two swear words in the title, like respect. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's really yeah. So aside from having an awesome podcast and a six-figure coach, um, Nick, please uh, introduce yourself, um, to my listeners. Uh, what did I miss? So,
1: yep. I am an anxiety and procrastination coach. I loop loop those two together. The more anxious we feel, the less shit we get done. The less shit we get done, the more anxious we feel. We just spiral in that. And I teach people how to master that and just like step out of that loop so they can step into their power and create what they want to create. And yeah, as Simone said, I just hit six figures in my business, which is super exciting. And I'm sure what we're going to speak about today. Um, one of the things I will say that got me there is is changing my story around anxiety and even like leaning into it. Like, what if anxiety is a superpower? So what? Hold on, stop right there. <laughs> what What does that mean? <laughs> Let me tell you what that means. Um, so when I was let's rewind a few years to when I was experiencing daily panic attacks and really didn't know what the fuck was happening uh to the point where I would just like wake up in the morning into the panic attack get over it, and then continue in my day before my partner who's now my husband was like wait
0: hold on pause for a second I'm sorry how tell us about what a panic attack like how you actually experience it because I had a lot of anxiety in my life but I've never had like an actual panic attack so what is that like Yeah. Good question. So I
1: would wake up into like a shortness of breath, um, sweating, dripping, sweating, um, like dizzy in my head. So I couldn't get up or move, but at the same time I had like a hundred thoughts swirling and just focusing on that breath that was like getting tighter and tighter and and harder and harder and, and dripping. That's what it was like for me. I will say it can be different for different people. Obviously I've had a lot of conversations around this, um, yeah, that was my like physical experience. And what it just
0: attacks. you just wake up with it, or do you like start thinking about something and it happens?
1: Yeah, really good question. Because actually, it was like my panic attack woke me up. So I had my <gasps> own personal alarm. Oh yeah. my
0: god, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know what happened was like I would get, I would just got used to it and didn't really know what was happening. So I would just like accept that as part of my morning and then get on oh with my gosh. day. And it took, you know, my partner to say, I don't think this is normal. <laughs> this is what happens every day. <laughs> like, it's, I don't think it's normal. And um, and then speaking to a friend who said, actually, it sounds like anxiety. And I was like, wait, everything that I'd read or heard, which was obviously limited at that point about anxiety and panic attacks was this super like, you stay in bed all day, you're non-functioning, all of this stuff. And I was like, I was actually able to get up and continue with my day and that's when i started doing um some research around it on my
0: own and the reason why successful i successful worked... in your previous career right mm-hmm.
1: yeah i used to work in finance i've always been like a go getter wanna show up for everything that i do do the best that i can do but i actually think part of that part of being ambitious comes automatically with anxiety mm-hmm. like our brain is wired for comfort and to stay in the safety zone and when you step out of it anxiety, which is this, you know, release of hormones and this ability to sense potential danger and get into, you know, when we think about physiologically what happens, hormones are released like adrenaline and cortisol that allow us to like run faster, longer, be on high alert and see more and be more aware of our surroundings, feel less pain. And all of those were really useful throughout our evolution, especially with the brain in its most modern form the last 40,000 years and we forget that just because it's not useful now doesn't mean it didn't keep our predecessors alive and that's how I tie it into it being a superpower
0: okay so hold on what happened to what happened to you okay so you were having daily panic attacks your partner's like that's not normal that's like (laughs) try to do something about it and you were in finance and then and then what happened um
1: and then I went to Dr. Google obviously Google, Um, yeah
0: And I started
1: to read things, uh, two things stood out to me. The first one said, one in five American adults will suffer from an anxiety disorder. And my statistics brain went to, hmm, 20% of a population size of, let's say, 100 million. Doesn't sound like a disorder. It sounds like a trend, Mm. which then went to, how can this be explained? There must be like reasons why it exists and went down the biology evolution information rabbit hole and then another sentence I read was the definition of anxiety it said anxiety is a feeling of worry and rest or unease and overwhelm and I was like well that's fucking useless what does that even mean if I have anxiety and I read that definition I'm like well, is it anxiety is it worry is it overwhelm I don't know what's happening and that's what keeps us in the spin feeling powerless feeling out of control and feeds literally the anxiety that we are, like, experiencing in the moment. So that's, like, when I made it my mission to reframe the way we speak about anxiety, the information we have about anxiety, and really teach people that nothing has gone wrong because you experience anxiety. It's absolutely fucking normal, Um, and we can really break down what's happening, and everyone can create their own definition. Like, I would love to hear what your definition of anxiety is.
0: Wow, that's such a good question. Hmm, let me think
1: about that. What's yours? So for me, it's like when I ask when I teach people or ask people about their definition, I'm really meaning like physiologically, like how does it show up for you? Mm. So for me, it's like very hot, very red, tightness and shortness of breath um, and dizziness. Now, once I know that that's what's happening, when it starts to come on, I immediately know to sit down, put my head between my legs, open a window if I have time and focus on breathing out. And it makes oh. it a completely different experience. That's so, like, so I wonder interesting. Being-
0: yeah, it's so because yeah. it's so different from mine. So your your anxiety sounds more like closer to like the panic, you know, that that you described earlier. My anxiety feels more like tense, heavy, you know, weight in my solar plexus, and then it almost it's like a curling inward kind of motion. And I feel like I'm in danger and something terrible is going to happen. And I just, it, it, it's like a my body like contracts like into my like that hot, heavy, tense solar plexus feeling. That's what it feels like for me. And when I know that happens, I think now that I have been, you know, very conscious of my own brain and intentionally working with my brain for, for a while now, before, I used to just believe everything that my brain told me at that moment, which is that everyone hates you, the world is going to end, you're going to die. <laughs> right. And now um, what I do is, oh, like I'm having that, that experience that I often have because something happened, right? And I, it's not that it feels better necessarily, it still feels bad, but I, I, I see myself having an experience as opposed to just being in the middle of that experience.
1: And then I normalize
0: it to myself. It's like, oh yeah, this happened before. It's going to happen again. It's fine.
1: Right. Love that. And I think it's right. You know, we do work in our mastermind on the belief scale. I think there's also like an anxiety scale of like, mm. where are we on it? What, how, how intense are the feelings at that point in time? And you just mentioned something so brilliant that I want everyone to hear, which is for the longest time, our brains uh, have evolved to keep us alive. They don't care about making us happy. Their one job is survival and so this is how the mechanism worked right potential danger brain thinks something's going to happen or see something and releases those hormones and then what happens is our body signals to our brain oh anxiety is happening which means we're about to die because for the longest time when we were in danger and those hormones were released then we were literally facing a lion or something that was like imminent death so that's why the thoughts come back to oh like because of the anxiety I'm going to die and that right. happens a lot <laughs> right and people are like well I, I you know I'm having anxiety something bad's gonna happen I'm like no it's just the mechanism and how it's evolved right, over right. time and
0: that loop I but think- actually Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's literal death, like I'm going to die. And other times it's more, it's not literal death. It's more like um, it, my brain rapidly fast forward to the worst case scenario. And it's like, it's tunnel visioned towards that worst case scenario. And no matter how hard I think, it's like, I can't see a way out of that worst case scenario. Hmm. So if, so for example, so this is a marketing podcast. So let's say I posted something and somebody sent me a message saying, oh, you shouldn't have said that, for example, right? Um, This is something that happened to me and happens to lots of coaches in my community. And I mean, it should be happening if you're standing, you know, (laughs) if you're taking a stance and saying what you mean, like people should be messaging you saying like, you shouldn't say that. But anyway, so when, when you you first experience that, um, you start like there's a rational part of your brain that's like, well, it's just one person's opinion, who cares? But then that rational part of your brain gets pushed out of the way. And then you have start to have that anxiety response. And then you're like, oh no, oh no, I did something wrong this one person says this said I shouldn't have said it so it must be what everyone is thinking now everyone can tell that I just did something bad and now they probably don't respect me as a coach and everybody can just like thinks that I'm I am wrong and my business is ruined and I'll never be able to claw my way out of this and it's just who I am and my business is gonna fail and when my business fails I'm gonna be I feel so bad that like you know I am just never gonna try anything ever again and then I'll die a sad broke unsuccessful like women alone right like under a bridge yes. right so it's like <laughs> crazy right. dramatic cycling forward to like a really dramatic worst case scenario and then um and that's why in that moment you like try to think rationally you try to put things in perspective and you can't right it's also like just I think that's part
1: of it just letting it be there and not trying to argue or rationalize it that basically that voice in your brain that is not there to be rationalized with like it's there our primitive brain that part of our brain our anxiety is there for like crazy danger it's not there to be tamed it's kind of like getting um like a dog in your house like a security dog and then training it to be like very cute and and with certain tricks, and then getting broken into and being like, huh, I wonder why the dog didn't do its job and keep us safe. Mm. You know, like, it's kind of like, we don't need to train that part of our brain. We just need to allow it to be there and understand it and know that it doesn't mean anything about us. It's like, oh, this is the part where my brain is like telling me all these horrible things, which it's going to do. And then I'm going to go back to normal versus like, how can I stop this? How can I stop this? This shouldn't be happening. Why is this happening? It's like completely different experience of all the brain chatter.
0: That's such a brilliant metaphor. It's like that part of your brain that wants to be anxious and convince you that it's all like going to hell is the security dog who is just barking at every danger. And some of us have more overactive security dogs than others. And that dog is going to keep you very safe. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> right? It's just like, it's just a mailman, right? Like, it's just <laughs> a neighborhood kid, like playing, right. you know, throwing a ball. Like, it's not an invader, murderer coming to get us. And so what what I hear you saying is that wanting to not have these terrible anxiety responses is kind of like, like wanting the security dog to, like, never bark. Right. Yeah. And right. then when you just let them bark... And don't try to lie to yourself and say like, that sounds like a beautiful melody, right? Like, no, it's, you, it's loud. You'd rather that the dog not bark. But once it's bark, it's like, you know what? This is not the most pleasant experience, but I also know that this is just a security dog barking. And it, um, if that's all I can hear, that's because the dog is really loud and it's okay. <laughs>
1: Right. Exactly. And sometimes we're like embarrassed about the dog. Like you said, with a male are like, sorry, like I shouldn't be feeling anxious right now. I've not got a good reason. And like, that just isn't useful. All of, all of our energy, when we put it towards fighting the anxiety or diminishing the anxiety or getting rid of the anxiety or judging the anxiety, we are fueling the anxiety. Mm -hmm. We want to do the opposite. We want to just like, okay, let it be here. I promise you. Once I started to do this, it went from like lasting, you know, like even the slow murmur later in the day of like, oh, like that reminder later of the anxiety you had earlier. It went from lasting like days to really moments. It changed the whole experience.
0: I don't, I didn't come at this from the same frame that you did, but, you know, I obviously did similar work. Um, I think I think slightly less less, in less scientific terms than you, but I I did similar work and I completely, completely agree with the experience of like, it's not that it doesn't happen, but sort of the aftermath, it used to take days, sometimes weeks even months. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, you know, I remember experiences of like, you know, one time I was, you know, years ago, I was marketing, you know, as a. Life coach, you know, offering, t- talking about life coaching and talking about personal development type of ideas, and a very close friend of mine at the time told me, like, oh my gosh, like the stuff you're posting is so cheesy. Come on! And and she said this like in a joking way, and um, I was so mortified. I was so embarrassed because I this was a close friend, and I wanted her to like what I was doing, and 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 this approval from a close friend felt like like death. And so I literally stopped marketing for months. Like I just stopped. And that turned into like, like years. Right. Mm. And so I think that it's not that these moments won't happen. But it's when you don't, when you can't put it into perspective, and you and, and it just like spirals out that you really slow yourself down a lot right? And so when people are very sensitive to this, you know, things like that happening in their businesses, and they respond very, you know, by taking it very personally, and they're emotionally impacted, like I have, I have so much like sympathy, I'm not sympathy, but like compassion for that, right? Right. And and that's why I also think that this work is so important, because there's, if you just know how to put it into perspective, if you have a different way of framing the experience, then you don't have to be down for months like I was, right? You can be down for like, 20 minutes. <laughs> right. And that's the experience that I have now.
1: Right. And I think it's really important to remember that when it comes to marketing, like literally one of the things that our brain is trying to stop us from doing is getting exposure because exposure, exposure is exposure to judgment, which is exposure to like danger because, you know, if people don't like you and you get kicked out of that tribe, you're going to yeah. die. Like you have to have approval by everyone. So literally marketing is stepping into exposure so anyone I mean I would say when you are doing any first type of marketing and you can probably tell me more about this but when you are doing anything for the first time say like a first a new medium or trying something different whatever it might be like expect some anxiety like it's totally
0: going to show up that's part of the deal it's part of the process And you know, my teaching is very much like not only expect anxiety, but create more anxiety on purpose by putting yourself in situations where you take bigger risk, where you expose yourself more, where you take a stronger stance, all things that invite the possibility of other people having opinions at you, right? All of which, you know, invite the possibility of disagreement and even conflict and and just rocking the status quo, which also our brains hate. Right. But what I love about what you
1: teach is like by doing that more, it's like a muscle that you build. You start teaching your brain that you are not going to die because you expose yourself. You are not going to die because someone disagrees. So what I love about what you do is it's like gives people the opportunity to get that massive growth. I literally think like the more you are, like exactly as you teach, the more you are willing to step into discomfort, to step into your voice whether it's like whether three months later you're like what i said three months ago isn't even true anymore um the more you're wanting to do that more important than what you say in a single post is who you become in the process
0: Amen. Which is why I think sometimes working on your marketing and selling is like the best personal development you'll ever do because you intentionally have to put yourself under so much fire. And I really think it's like an alchemical process where you like burn away all of the bullshit that was in your way. And then you just become the truest version of yourself, right? Like something that happens a lot as you show up more powerfully in your marketing is that you know, the social world around you can start to shift. I'm sure this doesn't happen to everybody, but it happens to most people I know, where some people that they thought were friends, like, kind of drift away, and other people that they didn't even consider friends, like, you know, show up in support, and they, as they step into a, a, being a leader, as they step, step into um, yeah, being, being a coach, all the people in their lives that don't necessarily feel comfortable seeing them that way, you got to allow for a process where those people kind of fall up, fall away from your um, from your life. And again, all of that can create um and and if you are a human being with a heart, you know, and you care about people and you care about relationships, that should hurt your heart that should give you anxiety right if none of that bothered you you'd be like a sociopath right (laughs) and I think this part of like the world around you shifting it you have to expect that to happen you have to expect it to create anxiety and I think you're so right that the more you do it the more you uh, you grow that muscle and that's why for so many clients I just give them the assignment like I don't even care what you talk about you're gonna go live every day for two weeks and the biggest learning it's not to create clients the biggest learning you'll get is that you don't die when you do that right? right and here's where i what i think is so important that i have been that i have not paid sufficient attention to as of yet and i want to fix that about how i speak about this issue is that if you don't have training or if you don't if your framework of approaching anxiety is not something that you have encountered before putting yourself in that sort of in those emotionally risky situations, you know, exposing yourself more, all of that, you just get the sort of like the painful stimulus of the anxiety without, if you don't know, if you're not also learning how to manage it, it could actually just leave you more like honestly kind of traumatized and more demoralized. Like I showed up once and this terrible thing happened and I, and I just got so shocked and so panicked and anxious and I never want to do it again. Right. So depending on how you manage the anxiety, it can be something that strengthens you or makes you weaker. And I think the tools that, And the sort of frameworks and tools that you were talking about are so important because we want to grow from these experiences of of anxiety. We want to grow and be strengthened by these experiences of emotional risk-taking. And I want to make sure that, that that is a really critical part of how we understand marketing and how to be better at marketing. It's not that you're not courageous. It's not that you don't have amazing ideas. It's not that other people don't love you. It's that your your ability to to manage your own anxiety response which like let's face it they don't teach us that in school
1: that's what like gets me to my bones as I went through this experience I was like why was I never taught this and not only that I was almost taught like the opposite that's like I, w- I love exactly what you're saying people can't see me but I'm like nodding I'm like yes yes, nodding because- really hard <laughs> yeah nodding really hard because that's everything like don't a lot of people come to me like self-judgment like I should know how to do better I should be doing better there's something wrong because I can't handle this myself and it's like no you've literally never been taught how to do this i like I do speak about the science stuff and geek out about that a bit but I'm also like why were we not taught this basic science stuff in school in chemistry literally the most
0: important thing we can learn (laughs) literally Uh, like it gets
1: to my like Bones. So, Same here.
0: And know. the thing is that all of my clients are life coaches and then they have this like double shame of, I shouldn't know how to manage this because I'm a life coach. And they make it mean all kinds of terrible things. Like it must mean that I'm not believing hard enough. Mm. It must mean that all of my tools as a life coach don't work. Because if they did, I wouldn't be experiencing these, these terrible emotions. I wouldn't be so scared and anxious and panicked. And if my tools don't work, that must mean I'm a fraud. And mm. people like get lost here and it breaks my heart and it like gets me fired up to the bones also. This is why I just work so hard and create so much because I just like, no, 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 no. None of those things are true. You're you know, you may be a life coach and be way ahead of the general population when it comes to understanding our brains and how to manage our emotions. But that's still like, I think as like the human species, we're still very much in the infancy of Mm -hmm. learning how to manage our own brains. Like Vicky, we're at the forefront, but we know that in 100 years, in 20 years, with way more neuroscience research, we're just going to be doing this a lot better. So even if you're right. a life coach, way ahead of the population, we're still like, we're still figuring this out.
1: Right. And the bottom line is we still have a human brain. Literally, I'm going to share this. Yesterday, I posted in Simone's group, like I was trying to like use one of her offer templates and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this like different to how I've ever done it before. And I like wrote the post and then I like didn't really like it. And then I changed it. And then I was just like, rip off the aid, share it. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, this is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> And it was, t- but you know, it's like so good to get that feedback. But it was like, <laughs> it doesn't matter all my experience, all my knowledge, I still have a human brain. And once it was out there, I was like, why have I just put myself out there to be judged? Like, it was, you know, I didn't need to do that. Why have I just done that? And all this like mind racing. And I had to be like, of course, like, you put yourself out there to be judged because that's where you're going to grow. Like, you remember, you chose to do this. Mm -hmm. You chose to feel like this. And that's just, like, I get more strength from putting myself in those environments exactly like we spoke about a few minutes ago, like choosing the discomfort, knowing what's going to happen. And I'm sharing that because for every one of you listening, don't listen to me and Simone and think like, well, they have it really figured out. Like, we still have human brains. Every single person has a human brain. And sometimes it's human
0: hundred percent. And I was joking when I said it was terrible. It's just like, but but what happens is that no, it was, it was useful and beautiful in so many ways. And it had room for improvement in other ways, but, but that's what it feels like, right? Like somebody gives you a piece of input and to our brains, it's like, what they actually said is maybe you can approach it this other way instead. Maybe it could be more powerful this way. And what we hear is like, you failed. This is terrible. You're terrible. (laughs) Right. Right. That's how I experience it all the time.
1: Yeah. Like your brain is, I can't explain, like operate, think about a machine that's been oiled for like 40,000 years. And then you're like, oh, let's do this other way. It's not like, oh, perfect, easy. Let's just go. Like it's going to take repetition and discomfort and fucking up and like regoing and doing it again and again. And I don't ever want to get to a point in my life where I don't experience like growth and the discomfort of it. So therefore, yeah, it's not like there's no... What I'm trying to say is there's no finish line where you're like, and now I like never experience any anxiety and anything, like especially like you say, not in our lifetime. <laughs> like our brain have not had enough time.
0: And oh, something else that I grew into is that I learned how to love my own humanity. Cause I, I consider myself a very sensitive person and I shamed my sensitivity. My sh- I shamed my anxiety. I shamed my shame. <laughs> right? right. And I thought that if I could be, it's actually so funny. Do you ever watch um, Sex in the City? Right. Well, yeah. Right. And I, I remember telling a friend of mine, like, I wish I could just be like Samantha. It's like, doesn't give a shit. Right. And just like, doesn't give a shit. It's like always so, so, so confident, never feel shame, like shameless. And my friends um, at the time told me, no, you don't want to be like Samantha. I, w- I love you being like you. And because I love that you're tender. I love that you feel so much. I love that you care so deeply. And if you were Samantha, you wouldn't be like the Simone that I love. And I was like, oh, wait that's a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And that's, that's when so I realized like, I don't want to buff out the edges of me that make it some sometimes emotionally difficult and inconvenient sometimes, but it makes me the package of who I am. And I love me. And that's something that I had to learn I was not born with that skill of loving myself. Right?
1: right.
0: But it's like, yeah, I had an emotional breakdown when somebody told me something because I really care. Like that is the, the, um, that that's evidence of like the kind of person I am as a person right mm-hmm. and I stopped I, I started shaming that a lot less and um that made a huge difference for me
1: yeah I think you know the first thing to teach anyone is not even necessarily here how to manage your anxiety it's really here's how to stop judging yourself for your anxiety that's why like I do teach a little bit of the science and a little bit of the reason and behind it because I really think if people just take away uh, the most basic level like oh there's a reason why this happens and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me then we can just get rid of that layer and I think I do think it's like peeling an onion and that's the first layer to come off like once we aren't judging ourselves then we can go in To managing the anxiety and experiencing the anxiety and all that side of things but most of the time most of the issue is that layer of like shame around being human and self-judgment and self-criticism for how our brain works and how it's not convenient you know for the times that we live in or the time of the day or what we had planned for that day or whatever it might be
0: totally and I definitely think it's that um thinking that it shouldn't happen and thinking that you're wrong or somehow less than because it's happening like that's really what's like uh, holding you back, not the anxiety itself, right? Right. It's that extra layer of judgment that keeps you spinning in that vicious cycle rather than the experience of it it itself, which if you like, you know, learned how to allow it and see it as part of being human and not make yourself wrong for it, it passes. It passes faster and faster.
1: And also I do want to add something. I have a lot I've also, you know, a lot of people have come to me either talking about their kids or when they were a kid, they were told this. So if you have kids, I think this is also really important to say, um, Be careful how you speak about your child or the people you are around. Don't speak about someone as though they are broken and they need to be fixed and there's something wrong with them because of anxiety, because of depression, because of anything going on, because that talk, that story will carry on with them for years. Like just imagine being told that there's something that needs to be fixed in you and that there's something wrong with you. Like whatever that is, that will carry so heavy on someone's life way more than like actually solving the anxiety and actually solving for the depression.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. It touches something else I wanted to bring up too, which is that as you learn how to manage your own anxiety as, as a life coach, um, I think that there are some of us who, you know, because of our histories carry more trauma in our systems and others of us. And I think that for some people, it is legitimately more challenging to kind of navigate the anxiety response. If you were, you know, if carrying trauma for whatever reason. And so if you know that that's you and you easily go into, you know, snap into an anxiety response and it's, if you feel like it's really intense for you because of some traumatic experience that, you know, you're impacted by, please, please be, be gentle and, and compassionate and gracious with yourself and know that that's like a real thing. Like in our, in your nervous system, like your nervous system is literally differently wired. That doesn't mean you're fucked forever you know, it, it like, doesn't mean you're fucked at all, actually. It's just, it just right. means that this experience is going to feel more intense for you. And it's not your fault that you can't just like snap out of it by like believing harder or whatever.
1: Right. It's, I love that you brought it up because it's such an important thing. It's not like believing harder at all. It's really like, there's no like being good and being better and all of this stuff. I really think the key is really just to is really just to connect with what's happening in your brain. I'll share a story about um, when I was going on to public speak on a stage and I I was already a life coach and I was like, I know all the tools and everything that's going on. Amazing. Like I've just cleared my head. I feel like really Zen and in control. And literally as I got up to speak to the stage, my brain was like, what are you doing? You're going to die. Stop right now. You're going to die. You're going to die. I was like, wait, what? I'm already walking. What do I do? Like, I don't have time to like get my pen and paper and like focus on my new thoughts and all of that shit. Suddenly, like, went out the fucking window. And my brain, that like dog, was like, "You're gonna die." Um, And as I was walking up, I was just like, "I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." And then I was like, "Okay, just breathe. Like, this is going to. You're gonna go. You're gonna speak. Your brain just thinks that you're gonna die." And then I was like, "Actually, my brain is kind of." just like really it's pushed me aside and it's so protective of me and it's so loving of me that it's mm-hmm. like i am taking over you are going to die we let you ha- we let you try you failed like move on and instead of resisting it or fighting it i really like was like oh my god my brain is this powerful i can literally feel my brain like tingles up and down my arms and i felt like i I felt like I was glittering and I, and I just remember being like, oh my God, this must be like, I feel like Beyonce, like every part of my body was on fire, like tingling. And instead of, you know, once I dropped into it and allowed it to be there, it became like an energy that propelled me because I was so in sync with my brain. I think we spend so long fighting with our brain. And really if we're just like, oh, my brain is like so powerful and it's on my side, we can just take ourselves to like that next level. Oh
0: my God, that is some crazy Jedi shit. Like what? <laughs> that blows my mind. Wow. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Thinking about like, you know, the, the, the intense experiences we have as, as evidence of how powerful our brains are. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to... Um, I want to kind of wrap this up by asking you to share some like, you know, pragmatic um Advice or maybe some to-dos for, for marketers, for coaches who are marketing, and the kind of like common scenarios that that in, that create anxiety. What are some things they can remember? What are some things they can do when they you know get get a hater to pipe up? When they you know get unsubscribes? When they have you know a live doing a Facebook live something goes wrong, or whatever it is, right? Like, what's give them some some let's give them some usefulness.
1: I mean, one of the best things to do proactively is really what we did right at the beginning, which is just really define and own how it's going to show up for you. So the that body. you're not afraid of it. In the body. Exactly. Yeah. In the body. So we're not afraid of it. So when you are going live and suddenly your heart's pounding and you're getting bright red in the face, you're not like, oh no, this shouldn't be happening. You're like, hey everyone, just to let you know, this is the part where I go bright red in the face. <laughs> I promise you it's going to calm down. And just like own your humanness, right? People love it. Totally. Um, I've definitely messed up on lives a few times. I just like owned it. And actually, I think those have been more successful in relationship building than the ones where I was like, hi, I'm a perfect life coach. Do what I do. I don't know and everything- if you
0: listen to the episode that I did with um, with Karen Salinas when we talked about trauma and she she literally like dissociated in the middle of us recording the episode and she just like lost her words and, and we did this thing of, and I was like, do I edit this out? And I was like, no, let's make it a teachable moment and say, mm. and, and Karen has this beautiful way of demonstrating Look, like, and she's, she told me she's done this before where she'd be in like a live setting or giving a lecture or whatever. And she would dissociate and she'd be like, you know what, everybody, I just dissociated. I lost my words and now I'm back. This is something mm-hmm. that happens. And then it's such a powerful experience for people to see her just like play that out in real time without like thinking that it's wrong. And so it's so much more powerful than like you just said that any amount of like showing up perfect and shiny as an expert. A million percent. I would say,
1: yeah, I love that. Those two things. One, identify what's going to happen two, be totally honest about what's happening and don't be afraid um, to be endearing, in fact, you could help someone a lot more by showing up as someone they admire and being human than showing up as someone they admire and being perfect like remember that person on the other side of the screen is also a human and also has the same uh, brain like you know structure of
0: brain as you and if you 're a life coach i don 't care how unknown and unsuccessful you think you are you 're admired by people like people think you have the answers people look mm. up to you like. I guarantee you. I don't care how, like, if you just think, oh, I'm just starting, I don't know what I'm doing. If you position yourself as a life coach, people think you have the answers. And you having the sort of like the graciousness to show up imperfect, show up being a real human, showing up with anxiety, all the human emotions, it is going to be the most, it's like ironically going to be like the most authoritative thing that you can do.
1: A million percent. Completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I would just say, you know, we wait so long for things to feel good before we do them. And it's just a lie our brain is telling you, like you are not going to feel good doing a Facebook live, especially your first one, you are not going to do to feel good, maybe recording your first podcast, you're not going to feel good. And, and daisies and rainbows before maybe going and speaking at a live event in front of lots of people, like whatever it might be, stop waiting for it to feel good and start having your back. But even if it doesn't, you will still be kind to yourself, not still be
0: perfect, be kind to yourself. Love it. One thing, one one place where this comes up a lot is, you know, people tell me all the time in the group, like, it's so hard for me to make offers. Like it's like so awkward and scary for me to like to like phrase an aha, what do I say? How do I say it? So it's not awkward. And and what I keep thinking is like it's not supposed to be easy. Like making an offer is very vulnerable because you put yourself in the position where you can be rejected or ignored and it shouldn't feel good. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it has to feel bad, but in the beginning, as you're learning how to make offers, so much of the experience is learning how to like manage your own emotional response as you like put your way in, put yourself in the way of like potential rejection. Like all of that, those experiences are building you as an entrepreneur. So don't stop thinking that you're somehow less than you're wrong. You're doing it wrong because making offers seems really awkward and, and, and forced and, and anxious, uh, anxiety provoking. That's totally normal. That means you're doing it right. And each time you make an offer anyway, you are building those entrepreneurial emotional muscles where you like, yeah, where you, your brain's like, oh, we didn't die. Oh, we tried like 10 awkward things and we had a client as a we created a client as a response. Like, like that's not that bad. Let's like keep doing awkward things.
1: Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that has has allowed me in our mastermind to be so successful was that like I'm just gonna do the things and ignore the fact that I feel like shit. Like I'm willing to feel like shit to get out there and serve. And I would really say that to people, like people need your offers. Like it's not even about you when you are making an offer and you're thinking like, Oh, I feel awkward. I feel this, like someone on the other side, like is waiting for your offer. And that's definitely something that I also think I've learned through Simone, which is nice to like share here. One of my main takeaways from her. Awesome.
0: Well, I, I know that I got so much value out of this conversation. I learned how to think about the brain in a new way. I'm never going to forget the barking dog um, metaphor. I think it's brilliant. And I just, I, I told you before, before we started recording, you just break things down in a way that I've never heard before, even if it's like technically stuff that I think I already theoretically know, and you make it make sense in a whole new way. And I just, re- I'm so all over your brilliance and thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all that you do and for having me. It's such an honor and I'm always learning from you. So thank you. Woohoo, love fast. All right, my friends. Really, I hope you'll really put this into practice. Like I can't overstate the importance of what Vicky talked about here, um, about like identifying what, what, what it feels like in your body and then um, allowing yourself to be human. That has the potential to change everything in your business and that is not an exaggeration. Okay, take that. Have a wonderful brain day. And I'll talk to you all next time.